You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Oh, right, 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 right. Pogues. Sorry, I couldn't remember your name. Um, I just completely forgot your name. So, um, sorry if that's... I, I don't want to hurt your feelings or anything. I just I just couldn't remember your name, so I hope it's... I mean, that's... that's you know what? I'm going to try to kill an entire city. I, I, I don't... I just hope that it's not like a sticking point. He hates you. I hope it's not something that that really like kind of like uh, uh, he forgot you. He steals your jokes. Uh, I hope that's not something that uh, pokes. You hear something? Like, no, I, hear I don't. I, I don't hear anything. I hear almost like a like, like a rhythmic inner conscience that me, the person in the audience of this conversation, is hearing, which seems like uh, odd. Uh, something that shouldn't happen, especially yeah, narratively. It, it's certainly a bad idea. <laughs> you probably shouldn't hear what is essentially a bad screamo song in the background while somebody's talking to you. In a film? Yeah, that would be weird. I agree. Yeah, it would be like as if I was a screenwriter and someone gave me the advice, tell, not tell. You know, uh, just go ahead and tell. Tell, tell, tell. Keep telling. <laughs> don't show. If you don't trust that you're showing it, just tell it. <laughs> Have characters whisper their emotions. It's really, especially rhythmically. Or also up. what's great is uh, just forgetting that the movie was supposed to have a plot until there's only 30 minutes left and being like ooh we need a climax that isn't earned well that sounds like a dubstep song which is uh weirdly weirdly symbolic of this movie (laughs) when they started the the music during the electoral like reveal yeah and it was like he hate you now he, your enemy, or something. I was like, what the fuck? And it's like, electrocute the Spider-Man. So I was like, yeah, electrocute the Spider-Man. I was like, who wrote this song? And who was like, when they got it, was like, fuck. I know it's dumb to put a song into a movie that addresses the characters and what's currently happening, but let's do it like it's a really bad musical. It was why that I was mean, that was when I was like, oh, this is not. There's no way it's going up from here. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't mean to totally like also uh, uh, get ahead of myself in talking about this, but did you all like, just keeping with the music stuff? Did you did you also hear like music, like weird musical cues throughout this? There was like yeah, a there's like a like there's like a circus like, like, song at one point. Yeah, there's almost like a Looney Tunes like tuba yeah. going on, going through a bunch of like totally weird scenes where like a bunch of police cars are being like blasted across the screen like like, like what appears to be serious scenes all of a sudden it's like yeah it's so (laughs) i at one point i was like i i i I paused my video to be like do i have something else that's what i did i paused and i was like is somebody like listening to something at work because i was i mean i didn't watch this (laughs) at work uh but i was like at first I heard it and I was like that can't be so I paused and I was like is that like the machine making a noise I feel like I have to like dig up clips from this and like edit it together on YouTube because I feel like people don't believe me because (laughs) like I kept pausing like what the fuck am I hearing (laughs) yeah it it was that was like Looney Tunes like Animaniacs credit music it it felt like somebody was like hey did you hear they put in that like you know that like dubstep (laughs) song in which the guy is like the lead singer is voicing Electro's inner thoughts and he's like (laughs) They put that uh, in the movie. He's like, I can top that. I'm gonna add yakety sex to this movie. I can sneak. I can sneak anything into this movie. Like, we yeah. just played a little like, uh, it was, uh, like it was a lady game. from Lady from Impanina. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, like it almost did feel like it one point because like it, I don't know. It, there was just some music cues where I was like, why is this the yeah? And it like at one so point, he puts on his headphones and they play like half of that. 
I don't even remember what that song's called. Oh now. fuck that song! I, I I didn't even write it down, but my my I notes are in all caps. Oh no, this song. Yeah, it was like a real two thousand song, like oh it it cards have beaten or something. I don't even remember what it's. I don't even remember how it goes, but it's just it, that it could not have dated itself any. any no, any like short of just having a song, song that was called like two thousand fourteen. <laughs> what are you listening to? 2014. I hate Spider-Man. It would have been like if an early 2000s movie had like a Shins song in it. Like yeah, you, that would ne- that would never you would never be able to shake the era that it came out in. You know or like I mean? you were trying to set a movie in the 90s, or it was from the 90s, and you just played Wonderwall. You know, like it's just like oh, okay, I, I know where we are. It was just so. And it was like it, it, my only thought was I was like, you're telling me that like high school Peter Parker's musical taste is like the music which they is, play at a starbucks which is so insane because he's like a teen no teenager was into that song <laughs> i'm sorry there's no way uh, uh mostly and especially because like he's displayed as like um like a like a like a like a skater kid you know what i mean yeah like, especially or, in the movie. Also, yeah like really smart and i think he does have a skateboard in the first movie yeah he has it in this one they show him at one point um like coming out of like a train yard, like carrying it. Um, I don't know why. Uh, uh, they have it. They, they show him with it. I don't. He never uses it like he did in the first movie. Like he was using it to sort of like discover his like um, his like ability to to, to move around quickly or, or be agile. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, they, they so they clearly have like an angle for him, and I don't I don't quite know what they're going for here. <laughs> I yeah. He has an album, um, yeah, he has an ocean album, like, um, uh, uh, up, up in his room for some reason, which is sort of like an, like, like kind of like an, like an alt band, but it's just so bizarre, like, all the choices of, of, like, clearly it spoke like an adult trying to grasp, like, an adult just sort of, like, taking notes around his, like, teenage nephew to try and establish, like, what teens are into, <laughs> or he just fed it into an AI, because, yeah, he has, like, he has just like a bunch of unrelated movie and band posters that yeah just don't fit with the song he plays. He sort of skateboards, and then I know we're we're wildly out of place here, but let's just let's just address something here as we get into this movie uh, before we talk about the bad uh, Richard Parker stuff. Um, I like Andrew Garfield. Um, I like him in pretty much everything else. I didn't that I like him in this. Him. Um, <laughs> And I think he's talented. I think he was very excited about the role. I think he was very committed to the role. Um, his did you detect a bad accent that kept showing up? Sometimes really bad, and sometimes okay. No, I, I, I can't I, say I did, but I also wasn't paying that close of attention. Very specifically, when he's hanging out on the river with like Harry, he keeps saying like briefcase. Like it's like almost like a Forrest Gumpy like western. Like, he drops into... I think he's, like, trying for a New Yorker-style uh, accent from time to time. It's frustrating. It's frustratingly bad. It's, it, it does not work. I appreciate him, like, taking a, a shot, uh, but it, it's... Um, whew, it's rough. But nothing beats... Um, fuck, this movie's opening. Oof. Yeah, it, this does something that they did, like, late into... Uh, like the Marvel Universe, where they decided that I don't know why, but Spider-Man's parents were gonna have been 
like secret agents which this they're just scientists but like there's a, a lot a thing in the comic books where they were actually like secret agents which seems dumb i'm not gonna lie here <laughs> but here yeah, we it's are cer- it's certainly something like from the comics there is like a not like a lot but there is like a a, a sizable amount of issues where like richard parker and mary i think like have yeah, whole sequences like going on spy adventures before they're ultimately killed and uh, and setting us up with the, the whole premise of 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 Spider Man. This is also but, one of those like weird tie-ins where you're just like, I I don't you don't need to make sense of the Spider Man thing. Like I I don't need it to make sense. He got bit by a radioactive spider. He got spider powers. You don't need to like build in some sort of scientific answer because the answer is it's stupid. It wouldn't matter. That wouldn't do anything. So I'm already on board. You don't need to explain it any more than radioactive spider. He has spider powers. I don't need you to, like, tie it into his dad's research and his DNA. It's just like, why Why did you guys feel the need to explain this? Was it, were people like, I don't understand how he got superpowers. Do you know what it becomes, like, very quickly? It becomes a midichlorian situation. Yeah, yeah, or it feels like, like in Solo where they have to explain where he got his jacket and his gun. It's like, I, don't, I just assume he bought him, guys. I don't really give a shit that he wears a vest. It wasn't in yeah. my mind to be like, how do you get that vest? It's fucking crazy. The movie takes the intro, the cold open, to establish that Richard and... And it's a very Mary... cold open. Oh, it's... Oh, yikes. Richard and Mary were uh, were spies, uh, or no, sorry, were, were, were um, scientists, scientists uh, working for Oscorp. But this is just the dad. I don't know why the mom had to go into hiding. Isn't this also sort of a thing in the Toby stuff? Is it? Is it in the Toby? Like, is it suggested that like Connors knew his dad? I think. I think it might be lightly hinted at and never exp- expanded upon. In the yeah, I think too. I think that in in the normal universe in the beginning. I think Spider-Man's dad was a scientist, and he dies in a car accident. And that's supposed to sort of explain why Peter Parker is so smart, is that his dad yeah. is really smart. And I think that's all it's ever been, is that his parents died tragically in a car accident, and that he lives with his aunt and uncle. But this movie thought, uh, sort of a, a relatively obscure death, giving you only some origin, or little origin details for him. No, no, no. What about an action sequence with Richard Parker? <laughs> Well, the thing that got me was the, the thing that, like, pissed me off the most in that entire scene, which is, like, they're on a private jet. I, I don't know how they got the private jet, but ha- somehow yeah. there's, like, an Oscorp spy on it, which they never explain, and he's killed the pilot but not put the plane on autopilot. He's just hoping the dead body of the pilot continues to fly the plane in a straight line, which makes zero sense. But he pulls out a gun, and he's going to kill uh, Peter Parker's dad. And they have this big fight, and he accidentally... Well, it doesn't accidentally, but he shoots Mary. And then Peter's dad beats him up, and he's unconscious, and he picks up the gun. And he... Like, wouldn't your first thing you would do is when you picked up the gun is just put a round in that guy's head? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I don't Mary's... care if you're not a spy or not. I just be like, well, I'm going to shoot this guy, because when he wakes up in 30 seconds, he's going to try to kill me again. He just tried... It's not like he's going to wake up and be like, you know what? I thought about the, it while I was at unconscious. At the very least, you should be standing over him with a gun. Like, yeah, like the something. entire time. That should be number one. But it's also insane to me. And again, I know this is a movie, but this isn't... Like, they treat this like it's a Bond scene. That's how these characters are, are Yeah, it, and it's spies. so much so that I assumed that they were spies until later they just revealed they ran away with some de- with some information. And I was like, because oh. the assassin comes out dressed like a pilot and acts as if he's just the pilot talking to... 
Richard. And then he starts washing blood off his hands instead of a coy, I've got you now, Dr. Bond, you know, Mr. Bond sort of whole thing. And then that's when, like, the fight starts. And I'm like, I don't, like, an assassin has no, he doesn't know Richard, obviously. Otherwise, this disguise wouldn't work. He's not, like, committed, it's not his life goal to kill Richard Parker. Like, he's just been paid to come do this. So the, the, the reason that he wouldn't just, like, open the, the pilot's, like, door, shoot shoot the guy very fast, and get the hell out of this plane that he now knows is about to crash. Like, I don't know why. Yeah. That's what got make, me was, we find out what is he's he doing? just, why, like, why, killed why the pilot. Monologue? And the pilot's just, like, <laughs> sitting there holding the steering wheel of the plane still, whatever you call it. Bleeding out slowly. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he just falls forward because, you know, dead people aren't known for their rigidity, at least not at first. And the plane starts crashing. And my first thought was, that was this guy's plan? Was just to cut, last, like, my friend. <laughs> also, too, why didn't he just open the door and walk out and shoot the guy in the face? Exactly. He just opened the door, shoot, shoot Richard, him, shoot the shoot wife, his wife, and then jump take, out. Well, and take the... the <laughs> data or whatever the thing Take he was data, uploading off you go like i don't know why you're so bad who hired you like how much do you cost it's like the enough. least effective assassin Were you found on craigslist like like how did we get here and then as if that wasn't like we're talking like we're we're fucking four minutes into this spider-man movie and it, it, secret agent <laughs> agent 007 bond richard parker super genius is kicking an armed assassin to death on a plane, and then, uh, uh, and then after the plane is like depressurized, de- de- he's on a laptop uploading secret research to some off-site location, which they never explain. I think what he uploaded was just that video of him <laughs> saying, "I'm sorry, I was yeah. a bad dad" to a secret he, base he, he had. Said, he said, he, "Yeah, he said nothing of merit. He just said." Uh, I'm a scientist. I've got data. I won't tell you what it is, but there's spiders involved. I'll also, I'll also reveal that I'm the key to it, so I'll, I'll guarantee that they will hunt me down forever. Like, why would I'll, you... I sure miss my son, and now and now I'm I'm off. Uh, hopefully this is helpful to whoever finds this in my secret lair that was hidden away from all people that could possibly know about it. Except for, for some reason, I told my aunt... Or I told my sister which train I got on and off for some reason, and at which <laughs> stop. I when she told that, and then he looked it up, and he was like, "It was a secret station." I was like, "This guy was fucking terrible I, at secrets." I also love the idea of trying to do absolutely anything on your work laptop, like right in like like in a moment when you absolutely need this to work. Because in my experience, any work laptop is about to to to, to auto restart a Windows update. Right when you're about to go into a meeting, that's just sort of my been my experience with you know PCs in the workplace. So I can only imagine when you're when you're clinging to a seatbelt in a depressurized crashing plane. If you go to like hit upload, and it's like I, well, hey, I, can't, I, I can't find a Wi-Fi signal. <laughs> it did seem accurate because for some reason, even though they never unplugged the computer, it kept turning off like the download. It would be like, yeah. sorry, we pause. I was like, why are you pausing? That's like, and, and just, he was, like, I hooking really wanted... in, like, a Cat 5 cord. I was like, what airplane is wired <laughs> for the internet? I really wanted Clippy to show up and be like, hey, it looks like you're trying to upload a confession. Would you yeah. like my It looks like you're trying to, it looks like you're being assassinated, but would like to let somebody know what's going on. Hi, I detect that you're in a depressurized plane and trying to submit a useless video to your, to, to your, to your infant son. Would you like some help? <laughs> <laughs> 
I also love that at one point he shoots out one of the windows and then all the uh, other windows all, all explode. Them, I'm like, I don't think that's how depressurizing works, but only on that's one side of the flame. how it works. You can read about it in my big book of movie science. It covers a bunch of things. If you shoot a window on a plane, everyone's sucked out of pinholes like they're on like the fucking space oh, shuttle. Oh, like, like, like the space. end of uh, yes. Aliens 4? Yes. Unless you hold, unless you hold on to something really hard, yeah. And that way, if you do that, enough air will somehow be around you as you're clinging to this now uh, something in a vacuum. But somehow, like the air will like hold on with you, and you'll be fine. That's science. It's the same science that, that dictates to uh, open a closed uh, sci-fi door. You shoot the panel, uh, and, and if, you opens, lock it, if you want to lock it, if you want to lock it later, <laughs> just shoot it again. It's very, it's like, I feel like in the future they were like, well, people are probably going to want to shoot these sometimes in case of emergencies, so if the door is closed and they shoot it, it should definitely open it. But if <laughs> yeah, it's been yeah, closed yeah. and then shot, it's locked forever. It's, it's got to close forever. Um, yeah, so that that's the opening. And it takes us, like, by the way, this movie does not succeed uh, at our, our little rule system here, buddy. Uh, because Which is insane, because this is the sequel. This is the sequel. <laughs> You'd think the origin stuff would be easy to get rid of. But by by minute 30, all we've learned is that uh, Peter's parents were were, were uh, d- the dumbest geniuses, apparently, that's ever existed. Um, that uh, Spider-Man, you know, is saving people. And that uh, very barely, under the wire, we learn that Harry Osborn exists <laughs> and that's that's all we get under 30 minutes that's well, rough and it, man yeah like what's also that is in, rough. like crazy is they i just i don't know like the pacing of this movie was all over the place they introduce harry and they're like oh him and peter were friends and you're like when <laughs> like he, <laughs> because, he definitely wasn't in the first movie i'd remember that guy because he's not a very good actor uh and, and also as an audience of this movie it doesn't seem like it yeah <laughs> They and they, inter- seem- they introduce Norman Osborn. He's like, I'm dead. And you're like, wow, that was weird. They just, like, it is, for some reason, the genetic disease also gives him claws. Did you notice that when he, like, puts his hand up on his son? He had, like, full on, like, okay. dragon claws. I was like, I don't, that's not Look, what happens when you don't clip your fingernails. <laughs> like, they have don't to, become daggers. We have to talk about that. Uh, I don't, but I don't want to skip past the important sequence that we're jumping past. So we gotta go circle well, well, wait, what's, what's, what's the important sequence? Uh, what are you talking about, my man? Are you, are you kidding me? My boy, my dude, Giamatti, motherfucking John oh Adams, Harvey Picar, Mr. Sideways. He's in here, baby. He's tatted up and he's being ins- he's, insultingly he, Russian. <laughs> he, he went to the same school of Russian dialect as John Malkovich did in Rounders. You ever seen that where he's like, paid <laughs> this man his money. Man his money. Yeah, he he does a Russian that I think got this movie banned in Moscow. Like, yeah, he does sure. a, He does a Russian as if like he was just there. Like, do you want to go to a, a, like a voice coach? He's like, no, no, no. I've been watching old episodes of Rocky and Bullwinkle, and I think I've got Boris down. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, he moose and squirrel. I'm surprised Giamatti wasn't like 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 poisoned by the KGB at this point for what he. I also wrote movie. down and just thought like. Who's got pictures of Giamatti, like, doing something he shouldn't have? Because, like, who would be like, yeah, I definitely want to do this. Let me, for some reason, play a Russian man, be in the movie for, like, 15 seconds total, and just be annoying the entire time. I just don't know, like, how this, what the casting thought. I mean, let me be clear here. I love it. I love it. It's incredible. But I don't know what the casting thought process was that got him here. 
Like, I, I, I'm not. I'm just not sure because you know the rhino in the comics is a very particular looking person. Um, uh, yeah, uh, he's know. just a, like, and that's the thing that got me was they decided like the characters in the comics look dumb, so we're gonna make cool new versions of them, and they succeed no times. Like every villain looks worse in this movie than like if they had just put them in the dumbest version of their comic book costume. And keep in mind, the rhino is literally a dude in a rhino suit he can't get out of, like a like a onesie that has a horn on top. <laughs> and if I remember right, he's stuck in there. You can't get out. Yeah, I'm pr- the zipper broke, so I'm pretty sure he's stuck in there. I think that's... I, I'm not kidding. I really do think that's the actual plot. No, I, I, I'm really confident that you're right. And, like, the character that you would anticipate is, like... Um, who's the guy that played, like, uh, uh, the, the villain in Daredevil? Um, spacing on his name right now. Uh, the t- Daredevil TV show. Oh. Who was the villain in, in the first Daredevil uh, TV a, show? A Kingpin? Vincent D'Onofrio? Oh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Okay. He looks like a bulky Vincent D'Onofrio, or he looks like um, uh, the man who played uh, 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 Ben Grimm in the Fantastic Four uh, 2000s film series, uh, Michael Chiklis. Like, he looks like one of those guys. Like... <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he just pa- looks Paul, like... Paul like... Giamatti is... I mean, like, what did he... Like, he was just out of, I'm pretty sure, sideways. Like, I mean, he, like, he's just, how did we get here? (laughs) Yeah, it's one of those very, I'm sorry, very confusing things. Like, I actually wrote down, I was like, that's not Paul Giamatti, is it? Here's Paul Giamatti's run up to the, the, the Amazing Spider-Man 2. He is, uh, plays a, a relatively large role in 12 Years a Slave. Uh, uh, then he plays uh, uh, a role uh, of Abraham Zapruder in Parkland, the movie about uh, the JFK assassination. Hmm. Um, with, with uh, and then he plays in that uh, that insane. Um, oh no no! Uh, then he plays. Sorry, I was looking at the, the wrong the wrong movie here. <laughs> and then he plays. Um, oh fuck's sake! Down, yeah, he's in Downton Abbey. <laughs> He was in Downton Abbey? He's in one episode of Downton Abbey, and then he plays the Rhino in Amazing Spider-Man 2. And as soon as he's done, he goes off to be in Madame Bovary. So it's... it's, it's but could you imagine, too, like, you're on the set of Madame Bovary, and you're like, they're talking, they're like, what were you in before this? And he was like, well, I played a Russian guy who got in a big robot oh. suit that looked vaguely like a Rhino. It's the exact same kind of conversation that we would have discovered of, like, we realized recently doing the Popeye episode that Shelley Duvall did Popeye and then went straight into, like, The Shining or some shit. Yeah. Like, or vice versa, I think, came from The Shining to Popeye. Like, it's just, it's just, it's just the the tonal whiplash of doing those Well, this one was just insane, too, because I was like, why would you pay any named actor for this role? Like, he's barely in the movie. Like, why not just yeah. pick an actual yeah. Russian person? Yeah, b- a bul- bulky bald man is all you need. Or just, um, like, anyone. Just why Why would... Who is the person in the casting room who was like, you know it would be great for this? Paul Giamatti, who's known as a real dangerous-looking individual. You know, he's but, always playing those street toughs. Uh, let's talk about a couple things now that we've gotten a, a look at our Spider-Man here. First off, the suit. What do you think? What's your take uh, on the Garfield suit? I don't, I don't know. It's not bad. It just looks weird. Like, I feel like um, their attempt to have it have, like, the raised uh, webbing reminds me of... Do you remember, like, when 
I don't know, maybe this was too old for you. There used to be, like, those puffy paints people used to put on clothes, like, in the late 80s. And they would, like, puff up, and then they would harden, and they wouldn't come off. That's what it reminded me of. So I'm, I'm really dating myself here for the listener, but I just think it, it's it's all right. I mean, I'll tell you when it looks terrible is anytime he's uh, swinging on a web because it's never him. It's a very bad CGI render of him, which is, like, oddly miscolored to the there actual are... suit. There are a couple there are a couple clunky like visual effects moments, no doubt. I don't think they're that bad though, all told. Like I don't think I look back and think this is like an atrocious No, like, no, but CGI it's just experience. very noticeable. Let's just say that the, the most recent Flash movie is certainly worse. So I mean there there are certainly a, a, a far lower bar than, than where we are now. Um, oh I see but, you've sent me all the Spider Man suits. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's sort of cheating because there's there's two Hollands here. There's the Iron Spider and like his like his more like um, Spider-Man suit. Uh, but but it's interesting. It looks like I think the Andrew Garfield suit looks more like what a, a, yeah the mask suit, looks more like Spider-Man too, and it looks more like what a suit would look like on a person. Um, you know what I mean? Like it, it's yeah. a little. It kind of it kind of like flexes and bends here and there, as if it's made by like a teenager. You know, it, it, it's a kind of a believable suit. And in the very beginning, there's a lot of like fluttering when he's swinging really fast and stuff. I kind of like it actually. If I'm really looking back at it, I think it's looking like, at it, if it didn't have the puffy lines, like it looked more like the lines on the the right the raised Tom lines Holland. If it was web, just flat, yeah. I think that would actually be the best. Like yeah. it just needs to look flat. It doesn't have to have like texture to it. it I also ribbed. don't like the yeah, iron it, spider suit. Yeah, it's it, it, it's, it it's is ribbed. ribbed, which which is deeply problematic. Yeah, I think it's a it's a bit because it's not ribbed for Gwen Stacy's pleasure. You later find <laughs> out. Yeah, we really learned not helpful for grip. It seems. Also, um, does it look like uh, Tobe? Uh, what's his name? Toby McGuire. Doesn't his head look extremely small? <laughs> I almost, I'm almost to, like, wondering if that's of... from like the video game. It doesn't look right in this. Image here, but... but doesn't it anyway, look like absurdly um... small? <laughs> His neck's bigger than his head. I've I've already complained about his accent, but there's another like problem in this movie, um, and which isn't Andrew's fault, is that they do. We talked about this in the old episode of Amazing Spider-Man. This movie is more like a moodier, mopier Spider-Man. Um, yeah, which is I, I found annoying in the first. Amazing there's a little more Spider-Man. love story going on, and there's like only a, a couple of moments where he's like. Kooky, the big scene that stands out is when he fights that like uh car like carjacker with the knife and he kind of like goofs around with him and pins him to the wall there's like moments of that sort of like talks too much runs his mouth kind of like uh uh, uh sort of uh, uh uh affectation that he puts on um they really went a lot harder on that in this movie but then they decided can should we spend a little money on like punch up by a comedian <laughs> by someone who who's oh, grasped yeah. comedy or did you just get dug from accounting who took one who took one you know fucking ucb class because the no. opening his opening he didn't joke... take ucb he, <laughs> he took like an accounting class and thought it was an improv class. and the teacher was pretty funny um the opening joke is like call me like spider-man call me whatever he said, just you can call me amazing you can call me spidey just don't call me late for dinner he, he's using a joke from, like, 1910. 1910. Like, a vaudeville <laughs> joke. <laughs> like, I expected yeah. to pull out, like, a little, like, straw hat and start uh, doing I, a dance. I was like, that's what they're bringing me? A joke that when, like, Rodney Dangerfield said it in his set, so people were like, that's a little dated. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's Not even Rodney Dangerfield would have said that. 
It, it and, was definitely that. I actually wrote it down. I just wrote, wait, did he just say, call me late for dinner? <laughs> and don't forget that this is like the amalgamation of like what execs think a skater is. You know what well, I mean? This is also like what execs were like, that's funny. Which makes you have to, like which makes you believe that at the time the guy who was greenlighting this oh, film it's, had to be 112. It's so frustrating because And probably tried to get him to have like a mannequin. Well, or, especially, you know what I mean? Like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, a ventriloquist. It, it's fucking frustrating because when we compare this to the Toby Spider Man movies, which are really good in their own right, I think the idea but that we're going he's a little more like not really that funny in those either. No, true, true, it. true. But I, I appreciate that they're going like, oh, we'll do a little darker, a little like, um, a little more like trying to cover his trauma, joking Spider Man, and we'll, we'll we'll literally give him like tough moments and 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 romantic moments. I mean, it's it's not bad that they went this way to try and make him more than just a quippy guy who then turns takes his mask off and is just kind of a bumbling nerd. Like it, it it's it's good I think that they tried to like give him some depth uh and 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 bring in some humor. It's just that they didn't hire someone who could write a good script or the or the execs mangled a script that was good. I have no idea. But, it is uh, it is crazy cuz we talked about in the mini episode. I actually liked Andrew Garfield a lot oh, in yeah. No Way Home. In I no was Way like, Home. Yeah. In, in watching it, I was like, "Boy, he's he's good. He's funny." Like the scene when he shows up and she like wants to see his ID and she like throws bread at him and he's yeah. like really he's like funny when he's talking to her and he's funny with the other Spider-Man and like when they're joking about who was like you know Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3 like all that was funny and I was like maybe I'm just wrong but going back and watching this he I don't know it, it's like maybe it was the script but I think it's definitely the script cuz I all think of the charisma that he's definitely capable of it but he got yeah, some and weird he's a good notes. actor like I like him like I liked him a lot in uh, Hacksaw Ridge I thought he was really good in that Oh yeah yeah, yeah, know, yeah. I, I've liked him in other things he's been in um he was good in what was that thing called Tick Tick Boom is that what it was called yeah. the music yeah. that was really weird and fun uh, uh and yeah. and like serious and depressing but like I like him as an actor, but in watching this, I was like, it's weird. He has no charisma, and he really didn't seem to have chemistry with uh, Emma Stone, who they were dating, I'm pretty sure, at the time. And, or maybe yeah. this was after they broke up, but I was like, this is really weird. They don't seem like... I don't know. She seemed kind of like she was in love with him, but not like, I don't know. They just didn't have good chemistry for what you would expect from like a real life couple. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah. it's not hard to pretend flirt because we're actually, we, we actually like each other. So it's Again, really easy to flirt. I almost feel like there was a good movie that got mangled by, by the wrong people making the wrong decisions because there's some like really sloppy editing. A lot of the scenes with them together felt like for a moment would often feel like they didn't even script it. It was just sort of these two, yeah, de definitely. When they were in the like, they go hide in that storage closet, and he's yeah. like making fun of her, and she's like, "I'm sorry, I didn't take you to the Bahamas of hiding spaces." Like that had to be improv because that line makes zero no sense. sense. And like the post, because he said this is the most cliche, not like this is like going to you know like Newark or so. You know what I mean? Like he had, he didn't say like in reference to a location. Yeah. But also when they were like 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 chatting like post like the graduation sequence. Like, a lot of it felt very nat- I thought felt like very natural dialogue between the two, but they would just sort of, like, cut what felt like one take and then, like, splice it with a different take that was had different dialogue. Like, they took two improv scenes and spliced them because suddenly, like, they would just turn to the camera and be saying, like, 
different things than they were just saying. Yeah, it, it, it felt like uh, when they meet back up after they've broken up and are, like, deciding to get back together, and they're like, he's like, we gotta lay down some ground rules. And then, like, the first like, thing he says, like, makes sense. Like, oh, you can't you can't giggle like that because it's cute. And she does, like, a, like, what, you know, tries to be, like, an obnoxious laugh. And he's like, no, that's still cute. But then after that, it felt like they were, like, just flirt. And, like, I feel like that you can't ask two people whether they like each other or not to flirt as two people who are breaking up and get, you know what I mean like it just yeah it felt so awkward when he was I like really oh felt you can't like touch was... your nose and I was like can we can this scene end I really felt like it was it was the script because I think those two are definitely capable of doing it and I think there are yeah I like Emma moments, Stone too as an actress so. I think there are definitely moments that shine through of them kind of being kind of natural with each other but it yeah it, it's it's marred by a and, script and I thought in the first one. I anime. thought they. I think we even talk about it in the episode. I, I think they have great chemistry in the first one. They seem like a couple yeah. who is like falling in love, which I think they did when they were making the movie. So it's like you can see that in this one. It just felt like I don't know. And this movie literally goes nowhere. It has no real central plot. It has no character growth. It has like no point really. Like the the movie is just building to a climax for the sake of building towards that climax. It's not yeah, an earned climax. It doesn't make any sense. Let's not forget that we don't meet we don't meet the central uh, uh, figure that leads to the the like the like the villain arc of this movie until thirty five minutes into the movie, which is fucking insane. We don't even get a whiff of this character in the first movie, and nowhere near in the first act of the second movie. And he's supposed to be the crux. And look, yeah, I don't. And then like, what's crazy is even like. Uh, Jamie Fox, like he shows up, and it's I think like almost an hour into the movie when he shows up as Electro, and he is defeated and then put in jail. And I was like, that's like what the fuck is going on? Like it was like an episode of TV where they're like, well, we got to wrap this up real quick, and then they were like, oh, we still had another an hour and ten minutes. Uh, he gets out somehow. Like it just was so weird. And I had. Again, I I try to be the positive force in this podcast. No, but, I'm not. <laughs> but fucking Dane DeHaan like farts a big one in every scene he's in. in oh, this he's one. terrible. He's, I could not he's believe. He's utterly uh, the the very first like like scene he's in when he's talking to his goblinized father, which I, we have to talk about how dumb that is. Uh, when he when he when he's in that scene, he, he he's like you abandoned me, and he kind of gives like a half hearted like arm swing to be like our gosh darn it like it's it's just yeah. i feel like it was like a cold read of the script that he was just trying out uh, trying something out and they just captured it and like threw it in the movie it's rough like i it felt like someone... most of his uh cold like most of his stuff was just like somebody gave him his lines as they were filming it's it's strange and they also decided that if his delivery wasn't going to be one of the roughest things about him being on screen, it was certainly going to be that fucking haircut. <laughs> that fucking Joffrey Baratheon haircut. <laughs> a haircut which felt like it was like supposed to be a bit about uh, Tobey Maguire's like, emo haircut in Spider-Man 3. Because that's sort yeah. of like the whole yeah. time I kept being like, it's exactly is this that. like a bit? Like, are they doing this as a joke? It's but exactly that. Yeah. The thing that, that really got me that I found extremely confusing about the whole Harry Osborne storyline was like, his dad appears to be in his late 50s to early 60s, mm -hmm. and he's dying of this disease. 
A made-up disease from the movie that turns you into a goblin, to be clear. (laughs) No, it's a nerve disease that eventually paralyzes you, is is what it's supposed to be. And what's happened is he's taken all these drugs to try to stop him from killing him. Or something. And for some reason he has claws now and he looks like uh, like a testicle. Um, but, like, he never told his son he was going to have this disease. Which seems like a weird thing to do. Because, like, you would think, like, I should start treating him early. So that it doesn't start. You know, like, when it did. But, like, Harry's, like, in his mid-twenties. Yeah. Maybe. We, well, and he's like, we, I have to get this cured now. It's like, no, you have like 40 fucking years. Like, you have assume, so much. It's not going to kill you on Thursday. You have decades. Like, it's not going to matter if you don't get Spider-Man's blood tomorrow. You've got but time. Let's, let's nail this down. Because as far as we can tell, he was good, good friends with Peter Parker when they were when like. they were children. Children. So we're assuming elementary school. And let me, let, and let me pre, be clear. It has to be pre-high school because he says that he was sent away to boarding school and when he when, was 16, his dad sent him a bottle, uh, one of his assistants sent him a bottle of scotch. Yeah. So he, when you're, he didn't live in New York by then. When you're like 13, 14, 10, 11, whatever they are when they become friends, when you're that age, your friends come from your class, like your grade. So we can assume that Peter and him are a year apart at best. Like that is their Oh, age. I assume they're supposed to be the same age. Or the same age exactly. Like they're, they but, were supposed to have been in school together. Plus or minus a year. That's yeah, all Peter's we can assume. Peter's 19 to 20. And this movie establishes at the very beginning that Peter Parker is graduating from high school. Am I not mistaken? Yes, he, he's graduating from high school. So Peter Parker and Dane DeHaan's Harry Osborn are 19 to 20. Depending on how they're... 18 to 20, depending on... Let's just graduate. say he was real dumb and he's 21. Yeah, uh, barely, but 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 still forty. I, I, years. I think that's deeply unlikely, considering that he went to a fancy private school. So yeah, so no, he, definitely. He's like Nineteen he, years he paid old. For Is degree. he fucking just drinking scotch all the time? Yes, and he's and, he, and he's running a company. Like what? Are we, I I love what are that we doing? he like. <laughs> like I, it's fine to be like he's nineteen and he's drinking, but like what nineteen year old is like. Give me scotch. And that's, like, something that only happens in movies. People don't pour, like, glasses of scotch and drink <laughs> it. It's not, like, what scotch is. Like, if you're, if you're trying to get drunk, you're not going to be, like, give me a sipping drink. Like, you're going to be, like, well, just give me, like, vodka. That's basically just grain alcohol except for and what made board, with potatoes. What fucking board approved a 19-year-old to CEO position? The fuck is well, that? Well, apparently, uh, I mean, I could... The plot of this movie... What is going on? It's so fucking dumb. He becomes CEO of Oscorp, which appears to not have a board of directors, but is run by a series of very corrupt lawyers. Yeah. And he, at one point, Harry points out that, like, why didn't any of them try to have his dad declared, like, incompetent to to will the company to a 19-year-old? And none of them answer. And the question is, yeah, why didn't they? Yeah, why didn't they? (laughs) Like, yeah, you should not turn up. That would be like, you're the guy, like, the son of mark zuckerberg and he dies and they're just like all right you own all of his stuff and you're like i'm i'm 19 and my I dad mean, was super rich so my life experience is not gonna help me here i mean imagine for a second like that happening in in the real world right like like hearing on the news that like yeah like 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 uh, uh elon musk uh, well, that's a terrible example but but like uh, like the ceo of like uh, mark zuckerberg's 19 year old son like jim Muck- zuckerberg is now just running the company and just sort of doing whatever he thinks is cool at 19 years old that doesn't happen well if it did it... i'll tell you what would happen 
He could have been on the board. Facebook would be bankrupted by, by its yeah. stock in like two weeks. People would be like, well, I'm not going to keep investing well, yeah, in a company run by a guy whose business experience It would is. make sense if he was like on the board or had some sort of like, you know. Or if they had done, like they just gave him like somewhere. an honorary position. Yeah, And then he the used it to like discover all. It was just very no. dumb. It was, and it, it was super It's strange. also very clear that his father has not been even like grooming him to take his place. No. He's had it's, nothing. It, to, it, it, it's, 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 a real, it's a real Billy Madison situation. His, yeah, his <laughs> argument is I had to abandon you so that I could do this research. And it's like, wait, why couldn't he have just lived at home while you did the research? You could have still seen him occasionally. Like, yeah. You not being around to do research, which didn't work, obviously, does not preclude you from occasionally interacting with your child. Like, they're not mutually exclusive. You can still call somebody while you're, like, waiting for, you know, your little fucking centrifuge to spin around. And Dane DeHaan was like, hey, so the course of this movie, do you want sort of like a slow descent into madness uh, like we got in, you know, the Toby Spider-Man with the Green Goblin? And the answer is no. Can you be as fucking petulant as possible? <laughs> like, Can like, you literally be like, I have a disease that will affect me in, like, you know. 50 years. Two, uh, yeah, half of a century. I can't have it cured this instance, which even if he got Spider-Man's blood, like, his plan, I, I could not believe how dumb it was that he just thought he could inject himself. Like, no studies, whatsoever, no, like, making sure it's safe for humans. He just jabs himself with a needle? I was like, this is so fucking stupid. And then I feel like, did you, did you feel when he shows up as Green Goblin? To me, remember when they first showed the Green Goblin and the first Spider-Man and people were like, I hate it. It looks so dumb. Why does he have, like, this weird, like, bicycle helmet with the face? Green Goblin looks stupid. I feel like whoever was the costume designer on this was like, hold my beer, and made the shittiest Green Goblin they could have possibly made. He looks like such garbage. He just looks like a dude who's real sweaty. He... And uh, still has that bad haircut. Yeah, he, he's got sort of, like, meth teeth, you know? And, yeah. And he's, and he's sort of like a pale green with like sores on his body and i mean it's it's and i get it it's sort of your guys's fault you picked a real hard one electro is the goofiest that he could possibly look in <laughs> in the comics and they sort of figured out like a middle ground in no way home to sort of get him kind of there um yeah to make him slightly less stupid looking yeah 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 uh but but it it's a real it's a real tough one. I mean, honestly, it would have been smarter to just sort of gone with the uh, the Gremlins two route and just made him sort of like an animated bolt of lightning. That would have probably just been. <laughs> it wouldn't have been any less dumb because at one point, so after he here's how he gets his powers. He goes to uh, Oz's Corp, which uh, and tells a guy who's running. Now keep in mind, this power grid at Oz Corp is powering New York City in all five boroughs. So it's powering like ten million people's homes. Uh, but but, folks, don't forget when it's time to clock out, everyone leaves. Like everyone, the, ev like, everybody, every, every everybody gets off early because Norman Osborn has died, which is not <laughs> the, how companies there's work. There's no there's no night shift. Everyone just yes. He just calls maintenance and asks them to throw the switch, and the guy says, "I'm on my way out. Sorry." So you're telling me that when five o'clock rolls around, nobody monitors the power grid for the largest metropolitan area like in 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 north america and possibly like in the top 10 in the world 
And they just let it ride, and you're like, I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. I was like, this makes no sense. And then they have, like, no real safety rails. Like, you can just... The, the catwalk doesn't actually butt up against anything, and it, it falls to an open pit yeah. full of... This, this also bugged me. So they bring up earlier in the movie that they had to destroy all their genetically engineered animals after the uh, incident with the lizard in the first movie. Right, right. But when he goes in to that room, the lady says that the electric eels have been bioengineered to produce more electricity. So shouldn't they have been destroyed during the destroying of bioengineered animals? <laughs> like, I was like, come on, guys. And why is there just an open tank full of electric eels? Like, they don't produce that much electricity. <laughs> it's not like, you know, an electric eel is like a nuclear power plant. It it would it's, produce, like, not enough to really do anything. Yeah, it's insane. Like, to, 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 to supply... And for some reason, when he falls into it and they bite him, he becomes electricity, like... The power that it would take... Somehow, a guy getting bit by a spider makes more sense. The the power that it would take to supply, like, an eel tank with, like, constantly, like, salt and, like, salt-measured and, like, temperature-measured water, you know? And then to, like, feed all these electric eels that are, like, them. thickest... And so, like, I mean, they're so thick in there. Like, I think, I think they could only generate enough power to, like, power their own, like their own sort of like tubes where they just yeah, in a circle yeah, yeah. Which is, really <laughs> the amount of electricity yet. needed to regulate the temperature and yeah of their it, own tanks yeah run a filter I, I think that's all they could really do but what's insane to me is that if you told me the origin of electro is that he fell into a vat of electric eels i would tell you yeah that's just like comics in the golden silver age for you they had some really goofball origins it fucking isn't. That isn't no. his origin. They made not it stupider. Even. They made it dumber. Like that's that is a feat. That is a fucking feat. It, in it this is world. very bizarre because I think he just gets like electrocuted. Like he's so doing many, something stupid. So at Stark many like Marvel heroes and villains and uh, uh, like just got their powers because they were just like biking home from their job and like an alien just sort of shot him with a ray or something he know? got he got hit by a lightning bolt and it caused a mutagenic change that transformed him into the living into a living yeah, electrical capacitor it was he was doing some Less kind dumb. of electricity science or electricity work and then he got hit with a lightning bolt while like holding on to power lines or whatever but yeah significantly less dumb than this idea that he would fall into a tank of eels and also be holding on to, like... I think he was holding on to, like, two, like, cables that were pumping electricity into his body Yeah, well. it's just... And apparently, <sighs> that, apparently that turns your body into, like, an avatar guy uh, with electricity under. And what's so frustrating about all this, though, is that the electro is bad, the visuals are bad, the character and lines they give him are bad. Let's not forget that he says... Right after, like, expressing disorientation at being turned into an electric man, he issues the line, It's my birthday and I'm going to light my candles. Like, ugh, ugh. Oh, yeah. Everything is... It's just so... And his weird pre-evolution where he's this sort of, like, sniveling nerd. This is Jamie fucking Fox, man. He's very okay. good. <laughs> What's also, like, insane is it, in the beginning he has a gap tooth, but when he turns into Electro, it fixes it. And I was like, so Electricity is also, like, performing cosmetic surgery on it? <laughs> why is gap teeth? I just couldn't figure out why that was necessary. 
I mean, it, it, it also felt like you said like it's jamie fox he's in great shape like even as a nerd you're like that dude's in good shape it's like when halle berry tried to be a nerd and Catwoman. you're just yeah, like, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry you're just an attractive human being I, I i'm not buying it but we're talking about the guy from like collateral like django like ray like he's, he's yeah like an academy award winning like sensational actor that remains good now i just saw him and they cloned tyrone and it was it was sensational like he's just good and they gave him this dog shit script to work with it's so deeply frustrating uh i i do truly blame like a lot of this movie on the script because as goofball as electro is um as uh, his look is as terrible as the green goblins look is you know uh uh and and quirkiness with this suit or or or, or trying to jam too many villains or, or whatever all that stuff all that stuff is totally something that we could all get past if not for the fact that every like every third line uttered by a character is some of the worst writing i've ever heard it, it really did take this movie down hard. yeah yeah and it's like um i the whole thing was just i don't know it was so poorly written and then nothing's earned like the the arrival of the green goblin isn't earned his de- his decision to try to kill gwen stacy isn't earned electro's uh, switch into villainry isn't really earned you know it's like, because uh like spider-man they, they start him. filming spider-man instead of him in grant at, at central yeah. park and that turn or Times square and that makes him a villain because uh and we only know that because there is again a song called i'm electro playing in the background which yeah. describes what's happening or po- possibly it could be interpreted that he was willing to sort of de-escalate until he was shot by that trigger happy sniper who got a position quick i don't think the swat team's that fast but yeah. um uh he, he got in position and he shot electro also what i liked is they were like if he moves shoot him it's like he 80 cops were around him and he flipped over a truck and probably killed the driver and nobody shot him and, uh, and, and cops are not that restrained <laughs> i think if anything history's taught us that dude would have been shot real quick yeah yeah and and max like like max max's decision making from that moment is that uh spider-man is like chill out and these like the the, everyone's like upset cops are here like just don't do anything crazy and let's just talk this out and then a cop shoots him he's like well i know who was working with the police famous vigilante (laughs) spider-man famous vigilante who i called and defended on a radio show earlier in the day you know how spider-man is always in cahoots with the police Well, like he literally in the in a scene before this, he calls in and is like defending him. And yeah, it's, like, I the know. Police and people. So it's just like, why would he? I suppose like, oh, the argument like, is that he's he's really like you know, uh, like has a real like personality disorder, and he's really like you know uh, unhinged. He's got no one to talk to. He's very sort of insular. He's just like like a like someone who turns into like a mass shooter. You know, he's just sort of like on the edge of sanity, and then of course being converted into some sort of weird power conduit. You know, is enough to sort of send you off the deep end. I that's fine, I guess. But I just, I just, I want there to be some like something interestingly complicated. Like he, like like Spider Man ha- has done something to upset him. You know what I mean? Like when you look at like someone like Mister Freeze, right? Like 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 Mister Freeze and like uh, Batman. You know, frequently the origin that is explained is that he's going to like extreme violent lengths to acquire the things he needs to save his wife and batman is forced to intervene right so like you could you could draw the line between 
my wife's life depends on me accomplishing this goal and you're saying I can't accomplish the goal so I am going to fight you that is like something you can like draw a path to villainry from but this one is just sort of like you didn't remember me. Like, yeah I didn't remember you oh well the police shot me I'm like yeah the police shoot too many people <laughs> like yeah. I, I, I don't I'm know not, where you're from buddy but I'm not in charge of police reform I'm teenage spider-man <laughs> like it's just I just there's no walk to this villainry from the uh, for the audience and I, I found that frustrating because you could write a scene in where spider-man is forced to sort of stop him from doing something and thus you know uh be sort of like a, a, a obstacle that would make you like understand electro's pain or whatever but there isn't it's just he acts like a he acts like he's uh in in like one of those um the clumps movies you know where he's just sort of this like clumsy scientist guy that is so absurd and out there and then he just turns into a shouting blue guy who has a suit all of a sudden where's that come from that sort of so uh, that that was what I love is at one point he turns into pure lightning and then reforms himself in a scene where like I I don't when did uh, Watchmen come out? Oh, um, it would have been probably uh, post this. Pre, I'm not sure. Uh, let's just see real quick. 2009. So so pre this. So by, by, so by, five years happen. earlier, they basically redo the scene where. Dr. Manhattan reforms himself as, like, a nervous system and then a body. It's just, like, basically the exact same shot. Yeah, it is. And then as he reforms himself, he decides to put on a pair of shorts. And then when he does it later in Oscorp, he manifests himself in, like, an X-Men bodysuit. Yeah, it's But they a real... never explain why or where he got it. It's a real early X-Men suit. Yeah, very. Sure. And it has, like, a bunch of odd, like ports attached to it like as if like it has like cooling units built in yeah it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty confusing sequence and none of the looks look good like the like the way they they do like the blue face eyes electricity thing it 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 constantly doesn't look like jamie fox like it, it keeps it keeps sort of looking just sort of like a weird like incomplete visual effect every time he's on screen uh, and that takes us to when he turns into music. Oh, yeah. And then Peter even says, I hate this song, which is the music of that terrible Electro song. It's very weird. It, I mean, this is probably the scene most people quote. It's certainly the scene I heard people deride before I ever saw this movie. Um, and it stood up as being dog shit. Um Especially when you when you have the fact that uh, that that Spider Man has like like Spider Man like webbed Gwen Stacy to a truck in a part yeah. of downtown that was in danger from a criminal. That's like wildly irresponsible, but not as irresponsible as her like showing up to this superhuman fight and standing two feet from like the villain. What I like was she shows up and she's like, nobody's gonna make my decisions for me. It's like, okay, that's fine, but maybe don't make really dumb decisions. I am also like really confident in the choices I make, but that doesn't authorize me to sort of like drive into a nuclear power plant and start like hitting buttons. Like, <laughs> you know, it's not. I don't know what we're doing here. Yeah, it was. It was very odd. Very odd indeed. Not a great movie, is what I'm saying. What are you talking about? 
It was it was terrible. I was just sorry. I was looking at my notes to see. Oh, uh, uh, well, we're, we're probably on our way to wrapping this up. We I think we've covered. Yeah, I was just looking to see if there was anything. I but missed. let's not forget, folks, that in the third act, we get traffic control B plot. Oh, I wrote down. I put down. What did we need more suspense for this? Like somebody was watching yeah. it. Yeah. Like, we need generic stakes. Yeah, uh, Electro gets into the power grid and turns off all of the electricity because he wants people to live in the world he lived in, which had no power, which is like a terrible pun on the word power and doesn't really affect, like, wouldn't really be, it was dumb. But he turns it off and we get a subplot where uh, we found out Aunt May is working at a hospital and she's trying to help them because their backup generator won't turn on. Just... You know, just for fun facts, backup generators usually aren't connected to the power grid. That's why it's, they're backup generators. It's, it's sort of the and, whole point. And if the grid were to go down, the backup generator could still turn on. Um, also, uh, yeah, there's two planes that are going to crash in four minutes and 30 seconds. And I checked, and that was longer than I cared whether or not those planes crashed. <laughs> it's insane that we, we're in the middle of all this stuff where we've got too many villains... With unfleshed out, unfleshed out causes, uh, battling Spider-Man and a big CGI mess, and like we keep like cutting to this this fucking like air traffic control tower and two planes that are flying directly at each other. Hey, I don't think they ever put planes on trajectories like that. You know? Yeah, actually, planes specifically do not fly at the same height. Yeah, they, they fly at various kind of heights to make sure... Like, as they come into a city, they fly at different heights to make sure there's no way they can accidentally hit each other. I also truly enjoy that the very the very apex of that of that sequence that, we, that we're so loving having, uh, the air traffic control gets power again, and they start shouting at these pilots uh, to change course. They specifically tell one of the pilots to descend. Like, that makes sense. It, it's pretty easy for a plane to point its nose down and and start going lower and i assume they're telling the other plane to to ascend uh to because it seemed like the simplest solution both planes then do hairpin like like pivot they, turns and they miss turn in a way in which both of those planes would still explode like you fire, are aware how fast planes are going fire like, fire those pilots now <laughs> because also like they would be able to see insane. the other plane coming yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's and night the, but planes have a lot of lights on them and your first reaction wouldn't be like all right let's just like gradually gradually drift turn to the left that that'll certainly accomplish yeah they definitely would have still hit each other and blown up and then spewn debris across new york city because if you look at a plane pokes what's coming off the left and right why the wings are <laughs> what's coming off the top and bottom oh nothing <laughs> that's why you descend you fucking moron when why they, are you when trying they to clip his fucking wings you maniac they come back and literally say there's 30 seconds till they hit yeah there'd be no time like commercial jets are not agile they're not made to like barrel roll you know what i mean like that would probably that just them turning them that sharply probably would have made them crash and again, they're not that well designed why are we getting this goddamn sequence I, I could not and then when they did it and everybody was cheering i was like boy I, I can't believe i'm gonna say this but like i don't really care what happened to those people yeah it's not like we established that like there's someone they it's not like gwen got on that plane and she's up there right now you know yeah like in die hard 2 yeah where yeah, like exactly. she's on the plane and they need to land it's wild. I, I just the whole thing was so dumb. 
and, and, and then, really, and then really... can we talk about to like the end of this movie where uh, it became lord of the rings uh return of the king where it just kept ending and i was like oh my god like because we get we didn't talk about this gwen stacy dies after a yeah quote it's unquote a, it's action a big, scene it's a big moment um that that it radiates into no way home you know it's like a big deal it's a big part of his character i i was surprised with how how goofball the whole sequence is because the fight that's happening is they're dumb. inside of like a clock tower that has i would enough, estimate get like enough wheels and like <laughs> like gyros and cogs to power 27 to 30 different <laughs> clock I... towers yeah, clocks do one thing, guys. It's a. <laughs> it's yeah, not... that's. Anyway. Not that many. Also, I don't even think that, like, I don't even know how many actual. And it appears that this was right next to the power grid. Right next to the power grid. Which seems like an odd place to have a clock tower. Also, also, I'm, I'm guessing a 60 story clock tower based on my yes, interpretation. Uh, and, yeah. They also imply that the inside of this clock tower is literally hollow, except for the gears at the top. Yeah. Have you ever like no building is built as a gigantic tube up into the air with no, like why would you build that building? Like, even if it was just to be a clock tower, you'd still need stairs to get up to the clock tower part. Most big the clock towers are parts of, are parts of like other buildings. Other buildings, yeah. <laughs> you usually just don't build one for the fun. But what got me is like he's holding her and he like the the, the thing's about to break or whatever cuz the cogs are going to go and it's going to snap it. Why doesn't he just start shooting out more web like he controls how much webbing I, comes out I so why didn't he just instantly start like pushing know. it so that she slowly starts going down so that like when she fell sure she'd still fall like 15 20 feet but you could live through that and and, and to, to to andrew garfield's credit like his his emotional scene with gwen is great like he's he's he really plays a really fantastic scene and it does again it, it does become a big deal but here's the problem the death of Gwen Stacy in the comics was such a notable thing because it came from a time, you know, when you would not kill, like, the lowest lane of a comic, right? Like, you just wouldn't mm-hmm. do it. You wouldn't kill the love interest of a, of a storyline. So the fact that they did this, you know, uh, uh, what is it, in the, the 70s, I think? In the 70s or 80s or whatever, when, when Gwen Stacy's, like, original run story dies, where she dies, comes in? I want to say it's like the 80s, maybe. When they do this, that was a big deal. But now, Gwen Stacy is synonymous with that plotline. So if you put her in a movie... Oh, 73, I was way off. If you put her in a movie, the subversion of expectation is to not kill her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because well, we now know that she's marked for death because it's Gwen Stacy. So just... So you have to. The other problem. It's not is, about her death. It's about a moment that shocks us because we don't anticipate it, and we do anticipate it. Yeah, because they they really build up that she's gonna fall, and you're like, well, she's definitely gonna die. But the thing that really got me is in the comics, what also makes her death so like important and so jarring. And, like, so upsetting is that, like, it is entirely Peter Parker's fault. In the sense that, like, she is put in the position she is because uh, Norman Osborn knows that Spider-Man is Peter Parker. And she dies. So Spider-Man can only blame himself. And his attempt to save her, arguably, you know, she was going to die no matter what. But he technically kills her by trying to stop her from falling. Right. Right. He breaks her neck because you can't just stop someone while they're falling. So it's like... 
in the comics, it, it's a huge moment too because it, it cements to Norman Osborn and the Green Goblin as the great, like Spider-Man's greatest villain because he took one of like you know the most important things in Spider-Man's life, his first love, and everything. And so it's like this huge moment. In this, this character literally is introduced as a regular person, turns into the Green Goblin, shows up in the last 25 minutes, of which there's still 15 minutes worth of, like, endings in the movie. And he shows up, grabs her, and kills her. And you're like, well, I don't... None of this matters. Like, I don't care. I don't care about Harry Osborn. I don't care about the Green Goblin story. It doesn't make any sense why he wants to kill Gwen Stacy. It's sort of Gwen Stacy's fault that she dies because she shouldn't have been there in the first place. There's like all, you know what I mean? There's like so many things that are just like really dumb. And like yeah. the idea that he realizes that Peter is Spider-Man is based on the fact that Gwen Stacy's there. But it's like, yeah, he. you also know she worked at Oscorp and this is the Oscorp power grid. So like she could have just been there because... She knows how the power grid works. You know what I mean? Like, it, it didn't make any sense that he instantly was like, you're Peter Parker. Yeah. It was just dumb. Because if we think about, like, the first movie, right? Like, we, we, we established Gwen as a love interest. We established, established Captain Stacy as sort of this authority figure that comes to, to like Peter to some degree. And then that's at odds with his Spider-Man character. And then Kirk Connors, you know, is being a villain and Captain Stacy a police officer, so his presence there makes sense and his death has meaning because we've been like, you know, uh these characters have been intertwined the whole movie. Uh but yeah, in, in this sequence, like Gwen is just really irresponsibly present, you know, because like you said, there are all kinds of auxiliary power systems. There's nothing immediate about like we have to get the power on now or everyone's gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> well it's also like it, it doesn't really make any sense because as near as i can tell their plan is if i remember correctly is that they're gonna overcharge him and blow him up because he's a battery but when she throws the power line to start it back up it just repowers the entire city which is like then and then he's hit why, with like like, forget, like like why would that, that hurt him you forget that he's struck with like orange electricity which apparently means it's bad electricity i'm guessing I, I couldn't like i said the ending of this movie again felt like they were like let's get through this because we have to like move on we got to get norman in here here's like oh okay i guess yeah. so the, the entire ending is not, but then like then we get they're at the funeral for gwen stacy um then after that you've got uh let's see what else then you've got Spider-Man goes into hiding. He's no longer Spider-Man. Then the Rhino shows up. Then we get a post-credit scene where Norman Osborn is in uh, prison, and some villain shows up to talk to him, and it's implied they're going to start the Sinister he, Six, which is like okay. He, he's in prison. Um, he's fine now, apparently. <laughs> yeah, he says it comes and goes. Sure, being a goblin, his whole like head transformed. What do you mean? Like he's like yeah, and he looks he looks normal again. Everything about his nothing. his face was like mutilated, and his like ears were pointed, and his like chin changed. Like, what do you mean? He's like comes and goes. Yes, and apparently Gustav Fears comes in, who is uh, the gentleman. Uh, in some Spider-Man lore, not not their most popular villain, is putting together a team of, I guess, a vulture we never see, 
the rhino that's Paul Giamatti, and this very bad Green Goblin And they, they imply that, like, the Doc Ock thing is his arms are in there. So they pick the rhino, and the rhino is, like, a little miniature tank that has, like, machine guns and missiles on it. And they give it to Paul Giamatti's character, and he starts rampaging in New York. And this was something in this movie where I was like, this really bothers me in normal movies, but in movies set in New York, it's very confusing that when, like, a terrorist attack happens, people are, like, lining up to watch it. Why are they Not in a town around. where an actual terrorist attack happened. Like, people in New York, if they saw that, would be like, let's get the fuck out of here, because last time we stood around, you know, uh, things went horribly wrong for everyone. So it was like, they just had, like, a barricade, and this kid runs out, and it's like, I'm going to stop you. It's like, I wanted them to kill that kid because it's like, that kid deserves to die. He's a fucking idiot. It's like, why, why did he think that would work? What if he ran out there and Spider-Man didn't show up? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it was just so, and then, I don't know, like, and great job by the cops not being able to like catch his, like, an eight-year-old boy. Also, what is but the, what is the premise just... that we're setting up for, like, the audience? That the rhino is going to missile a kid? <laughs> Like, yeah, and then I'm like, oh, okay, well, is, I mean... Is, is that what we're expecting? Like, is, is that how we're now defining this villain? G- good, like, good, good fucking luck using this as, like... Because villains have to be, like, semi, you know, uh, empathetic characters or else it's pretty difficult to watch them, you know, do stuff. So, or, or, or conflicted, complicated, cursed, whatever. But, but the idea that <laughs> the rhino is just a gangster who steals plutonium and shoots kids with machine guns is <laughs> kind of a difficult guy to sort of get behind. <laughs> well, it's also sort of like, a, well, I guess this storyline, like, I, I really want something bad to happen to this fellow. So, yeah, so it was, it's also, just... I know we're way after this, but who's, who's driving plutonium through New York City? Like, for what, yes. though? <laughs> I also like the idea that, yeah, you can just drive plutonium through... Right? Again, <laughs> one of the most populated cities of the world. Uh, yeah, and then like then Spider-Man comes back and gets in a fight, and I was like, you know, it's odd that you put all of the post-credit scenes just at the end of the movie to make it longer instead of having to be post-credit. It was, it was wild. And we talked about in the mini episode how, um, what was it, uh, Homecoming? Uh, like it came out like spider-man showed up in civil war like it's like four years or less later and we were like boy i can't believe they could reboot it and after watching this i can see why fox was like yes please do whatever you want just give us some money because it is clear fox does not know what they're doing and the end when that guy showed up it reminded me the end of mobius remember when oh yeah the vulture shows up he's like i think a couple of guys like us could do a lot of stuff here I don't know how I ended up here, but I think it had something to do with Spider-Man. Sorry, I'm. I had to. I had to bring up the Rhino sequence again, and and it, it, it's so frustrating to look at because a the CGI is bad, and Paul Giamatti's head is just sort of drifting around inside the suit. B, I don't get the the suit because it's like they made a mech and then they attached like eight a, more a feet rhinos. of Rhino head to the top of it, which seems like it would just make it really heavy and like and unbalanced. I don't know why they would do that. And see. It isn't just that there's, like, a bunch of people nearby and, like, something crazy happened. Like, a car exploded and they're all, like, stopping to, like, gawk at it. There's a man with a minigun, like, lighting up cop cars. And they're they're stood off what I can only decide to be six feet to the left. <laughs> and and sh- the, the mom of this kid appears to just be holding him by the shoulders being like, 
Are you enjoying, like, the gunfight, honey? Yes. When they, when they cut over to them, they were standing there. I was like, you're the worst mother they're, ever. They're Why would you be still standing, standing here? With, with, like, the temperament of people watching a parade. Where they're just sort of like, yes. oh, this is crazy, huh? <laughs> they're just, and they're all just gently Do you want to get McDonald's and, like, after the this, The police honey? put up barricades <laughs> okay. already? And I was like, what the fuck is going on? It, it really is insane to look at because... Yeah, you know, the beginning was a little bit different where, like, people were, were gawking around because, like, a big, a big like, truck just crashed in the middle of the street. Which, if I was walking down the street and, like, a big, a big uh, like, like you know, one of those uh, armored cars, like, flipped into the intersection and I was, like, far enough away to not be in danger, I would, like, I would gawk at it for a minute. But, like, I wouldn't gawk at a man with a minigun. <laughs> like, I'd just yeah. be fucking ready for my gun. Well, and then, mind. like, when Electro shows up and he's, like doing stuff you know he's like electric. also people are still standing there as he's like blowing stuff up it's like maybe just i don't know also the big slow-mo at the end shows peter deflecting missiles clearly into, into the crowd <laughs> it's like without in, question into, into like a building i'm like without that's not question how he is sending those into the the kid he just placed off to the side just got fucking like like bullseyed by a missile by a tomahawk like seconds after he rescued him <laughs> It's it's insane. That's the summation of this movie, if, if, if there can ever ever can be, is that that one sequence of that bad looking villain, Hit him like ricocheting a, a, missiles a, off with like a sewer lid, a, a miscast bad villain being defeated by a questionable quality, you know, the digital effect of completely nonsense combat that doesn't make any sense with the scene or narrative we've established thus far. That's the summation of what <laughs> the Amazing Spider-Man Two like... is. Feels like if you're gonna put missiles on a like a robot suit, you probably don't have to put a rhino's head on it too. Just a tip. I would have loved to have seen like this Russian man who up until this point is just like a Russian mobster who who like steals stuff, right? That's all he is at this point. But like some spooky guy finds him, breaks him out of prison, and says, "We got this machine for you." And he's like, "Oh, it's got missiles." And he's like, "Yeah, but you have to get on all fours to fire them." Yeah. They come out of your shoulder and they go upwards. Like, with the, he's, he's like, well, why are you building this I, way? <laughs> why am I like? I figured out why like uh, Oscorp's secret projects were secret because they were like, sorry, oh, sorry, wings that let you fly. Is there a bodysuit with it? No, I have not really. I, I have machine gun in wrist. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> do I have missiles in wrist? No, they're on your shoulder. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't understand. Why helmet have rhino head? You, you get on all fours. Okay, how do I see? Well, you can't. There's <laughs> you'll, a, you'll there's be a staring, little monitor. You, you'll be staring directly in the dirt when you fire your unguided missiles. And apparently, by the choices you're making, children. Uh, so <laughs> I just don't really Which is like, what ifs? <laughs> um, so The Amazing Spider-Man 2... Uh, uh, don't, don't bother. I mean, Andrew Garfield tries. Emma Stone tries. Some people try. I'm not saying like anybody. Well, except but, for Paul Giamatti and the guy who played Green Goblin, he definitely didn't try. But yeah, it's just it's a bad movie. And like I said, it's 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 weighed down heavily by a bad script and some really quirky editing. It's I would say this: Spider-Man Three has a more coherent and well-structured plot, and that movie is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a three minute scene of Peter Parker dancing on the street, and even and also a scene where he does like a jazz dance. Uh, so yeah, I feel like maybe <laughs> that should let you know how bad this movie is. Yeah, yeah, uh, without so, question. Sorry if you watched it with us. Uh, come back next week, and we'll tell you what movie's up next. 
Uh, and as we always say, it couldn't get worse. <laughs>